0: Central.com. So we're going to talk to Dr. Hanan Bushkin, who is a renowned, renowned psychologist. He's the head of the Anxiety and Trauma Clinic. And uh, Hanan, I, I don't know why we've got a little bit of feedback on your line there, but it's um, there we go. It's gone now. Um, it's good to have you on here. You are one of the people who can help us make sense of all of this bizarre stuff that's going on around us. I mean, people really are struggling to deal with the changes in the workplace, um, surveys obviously are showing us that depression, anxiety and suicides have increased all over the world We were talking very much about this before you came on And I suppose let's just start off with the kind of general analysis that we need to take um, In terms of of the way society has, has adapted or not adapted to what's going on around us and then i want us to get into some very practical things because i know you hate the idea of just talking in generalities and you hate the idea of the fact that we're going to come and lie down on your on your couch for a while this morning you're going to analyze us that's not how you work so let's go straight to the the core of this but we do need to make some general comments about what's going on because i think people are struggling at the moment right
1: absolutely you know the brain really likes to be able to predict what's coming up next the moment I know what's coming up next, that's why routine is so important, the brain feels safe. The moment I don't know what's coming up next, the brain starts to um, start going like, uh, like a hurricane, mm. trying to figure out, am I gonna be eaten by this tiger, or by this crocodile, or what's behind this door? So, you know, pre-pandemic, we could semi-predict. The world was changing all the time, but not at this rate. But during this pandemic, we don't know what's coming up next. Are we going into a third wave? How's the vaccine? What's happening with the vaccine? Mask on, mask off. We actually don't know schools and uh, are they opening up? Are they closing down restaurants? The world is changing at such a fast rate, uh, such a fast rate that the brain just cannot adapt. It can't catch up. So all it does, it just spins. It looks for option A. If option A doesn't happen, I'm going to lead, lead me to option B. What if option B doesn't happen? And it just in, turns into uh, chaos. That's why anxiety has just shot up during this this pandemic because the the general consensus i don't know what's coming up next mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do with what I have in front of me. We don't have a manual for this. we haven't been presented with a, right. a go to um, cheat sheet and uh, that's why everybody's just spinning
0: so i mean you you obviously treat a number of people because you're you're a clinician as well, but There is there is a lot of uncertainty, as you say, but there's also this funny thing that's going on that that people were having problems before the the pandemic came along. Let's not mess around. I mean, there are loads and loads of people who've got undiagnosed conditions or thought they were coping, and this has given them the pretext to be able either to confront their real problems or to use the pandemic as an excuse for what they didn't deal with before. And that's also something we've got to be very honest about, right?
1: You know what? The, all these issues that are coming up now were were there way before the pandemic hit. The pandemic just gives people a reason and an excuse, and a justification to to actually talk about it. If I'm having an issue with my wife, as an example, and um, I can kind of block it and block it, but the moment we get on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. a real roller coaster imagine me going uh, to Goldrift city getting on the one of those uh, what do you call those, those uh, anacondas <laughs> please believe me all my issues with my wife are coming up right there and then and it's not it's not that i invented them on the roller coaster they were always there but because i was spinning literally i gave myself permission to bring it up you never do the dishes you never do this you never do look after the kids you never have it, whatever many different things <laughs> so this pandemic this um this anaconda that we are going through didn't to raise or bring um, or create any issues. It just gave us permission now to talk about it. So now we can talk about our difficult boss and our difficult relationship and uh-huh. our second time of the work-life balance. So this spinning that we're going through, this anaconda, so to speak, uh-huh. um, just gives us a reason to kind of, kind of talk about it now
0: all right so let 's talk about it I mean anxiety um we we were saying earlier, and this is where I need you to apply your mind to what we 're just talking about as pedestrians but anxiety is something that has always affected humans. Some people say it 's just part of everyday life, and a certain level of anxiety is completely normal, but because a, a lot of us have got to find an excuse to not do things or to do things a different way. Um, I get the impression that a lot of people are claiming anxiety as almost some kind of prize in order to either excuse themselves or to allow themselves to get into bad habits. Do you think that's fair? I mean, I do take very seriously the case for mental health issues and some people who are diagnosed with very serious conditions. And we know anxiety can be paralyzing for some people. Those people are exempt from this comment, but the ones I'm talking about. There seems to be like almost a cool factor these days. I blame Hollywood for this, but people claiming mental health issues when actually they're just dealing with normal day-to-day anxiety.
1: I want to tell you. I want to tell you a story. You know, when I did, when I went through my masters and we went through a whole psychopathology book, the A to Z of psychopathology. It's a book this thick. Yeah. And it goes through all the disorders A right through to Z. And something interesting happens. You start with antisocial personalities and you go right to their Zeds. And something interesting happens when you read through it. You start, with, you start with antisocial and you read the symptoms and you go, shit, I've got this. And then you move into the bipolar and you go, shit, I've got this too. And then you move into the anxiety and the depressions and the, and the schizophrenia. You go, you go, you go, I, I have this too. So you actually realize that we as human beings, we've got bits and pieces of everything. If I do a test on and I look for reasons of why I'm anxious, mm. I will find it. If I look, look for reasons of why I'm depressed, I will find it. If I look for reasons of why I'm, uh, I'm paranoid, I will find it. We have bits and pieces of everything we are. That's what makes us beautiful and unique and human. Uh, to say somebody doesn't have anxiety is insane. As a matter of fact, anxiety in the right, in the right context is very important. If a lion comes into, in through the door right now, I need to feel anxious uh, because that anxiety will help me fight or flight. Right. If I get bullied at school, I need to feel depressed because depression builds up this shield that protects me and makes me avoid things. I need to feel anger. Anger is very important, especially when I'm being confronted with someone that I need to push away. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any emotion that you can think of on the planet has a purpose in the right context. Right. In the right context. In the right context, it's incredible. So when somebody says to me, oh, I sometimes feel anxious, I'm like, good for you. Oh, Hanan, I sometimes feel depressed. Well, good for you too. Mm. Oh, Hanan, sometimes I'm paranoid. Well, good for you too. The truth is every emotion has a reason in the right context the problem is when we have these emotions when they do not serve a purpose any longer so when i feel anxious
0: Mm -hmm.
1: for no reason for no valid reason if i feel depressed for no valid reason if i feel any emotion anger frustration guilt guilt is such an important emotion you know guilt people say oh i feel guilty well good for you how can guilt be helpful well guilt helps me assimilate into a group people that don't feel guilty we send them away to prisons. They're not welcome in our social structures. So guilt is actually very important. But when I when I feel guilty for no valid, valid in inverted commas valid reasons, mm-hmm. that's when it begins to break me down. That's when it becomes toxic. So I agree with you that people use these diagnoses as a way to feel stuck because it's much easier. And by the way, ninety nine percent of people use diagnoses as a way to get stuck. Uh, because it's much easier to stay in my comfort zone and kind of wallow in what I feel and have perhaps other people feel sorry for me than actually step out of my comfort zone and create some change. Um, So, yeah, of course, of course I can get stuck because I've got bipolar. Of course I can get stuck because I'm suffering from borderline personality disorder. Of course I can get stuck because I'm suffering from major depression. I'm very much against this whole idea of diagnosis as a reason to stay stuck, the truth is you have a choice. This is where you're at. The past has happened, which has created this moment. The past has happened has created this character. The past has happened that has created these resources. Okay, I got it. What are we gonna do about it now to get you from point A to point B? Because we can spend time talking about it. We can spend time wallowing and finding out reasons of why your mother is the reason why you have anxiety at the moment. Mm -hmm. But what are we gonna do about it? How do we move you from point A to point B. Is it difficult? Incredibly. Is it heartbreaking? Unbelievably so. But is it doable or one hundred percent?
0: Well, I mean Leanne, you you, you I, I don't mean to refer this to you because you've got problems, but because you've spoken about so much of this stuff with us on the show before and you're very open about your own issues whether they be of an anxiety or a depression nature of you know your, your paranoia about the world especially since covid i mean does does what rail say i mean does, we're talking about another guest who's coming on does hanan make sense to you i mean was is what he's saying striking a chord you're on mute this It's
1: really bad. I only heard about 10% of what you said. Oh, shit, sorry. But, um, yeah, so yes, I mean, I, I, I was diagnosed 22 years ago and I've been on medication for 22 years. There's a, there's definitely a difference between, um, um, having anxiety in, in episodes and due to things that are going on in your life or whether it's, um, genetic and it's something that you're predisposed to, um, but yes, at times it's it's absolutely debilitating. And the thing is to do exactly um what you're saying is is to just move on and looking at the future and how to get over what's happening. Um and I think there's also a very big difference between guilt and shame. Um you know,
0: Right it's uh, for some reason you've frozen uh, leanne. I'm just going to take you off of there for the moment, so first of all she she touched on a lot of things there. I mean, do you agree with with broadly what she said, and then I'm interested in that question of the difference between guilt and shame
1: uh, so let me address one thing which is actually very, very important for me to mention mm-hmm. The th- these emotions can be debilitating, but let's not let's not confuse debilitating and I can't do anything about it and debilitating, and I can do something about it. Mm -hmm. I also wanna highlight that just because you don't know what to do, doesn't mean nothing can be done about it. If my car's stuck, I've got no ideas on how to fix my car, but it doesn't mean that it can't be fixed. Right. So a lot of people with these so-called mental mental disorders or mental conditions or mental illnesses or mental diagnoses, they're stuck. 99 i'm telling you 99 percent of people that have a mentally diagnosed illness all it is about is either i don't know what i want or i don't know how to get it i don't know what i want or i don't know how to get it and just because you don't know how to get yourself unstuck it doesn't mean that you can't get yourself unstuck I, i completely feel this empathy towards people that feel these debilitating emotions and they feel like, I I don't know what to do about it. But I also want to tell everybody that does have these debilitating emotions, you can get yourself unstuck. Therapy these days is very different to how it was 60 years ago where you lay on the couch. We asked you how your, how your mother treated you and you hopefully felt better in 25 years. These days we know exactly what needs to be done to get you unstuck. So by the way, the, my, my approach, I need to say this, my approach is very direct, but it completely is very kind of the basis of it and the foundation is with kindness. I feel sorry for people, but not sorry in the, in the way like, oh, shame, let you swallow, but rather, hey, I hear you, I hear you, but we can get you unstuck.
0: All right, and, and what Leanne mm-hmm. referred to in that in that difference between guilt and shame, do you want to just comment on that? Because I think that's really interesting and many of us may not know the difference.
1: Guilt guilt in the appropriate sense is very, very good. As I've explained, it helps you assimilate into a group. Mm -hmm. We are, from age zero, we are taught certain rules, first by our parents on how to behave, then society, culture, country, religion, teaches us right from wrong. The moment I behave within the rule set, I feel fine. The moment I step outside of the rule set, I feel guilty. Which, and as I said, with the right rules, it's very, very appropriate and very healthy because I need to behave. I, I can't cross the road by myself when I'm three years old when my mother tells me, you've got to hold my hand. That's, I should feel guilty the moment I attempt to not do that because that's very good because the guilt will make me call my mom and hold her hand while I'm crossing the road. So guilt is very appropriate. But the moment you start blaming yourself, for the events that have that have happened to you, that's when it becomes shame. Shame is a very, very destructive emotion. What have I done? What's moral? Why is it my fault? Why is it my fault? And as a matter of fact, not even why is it my fault. It is my fault. The truth is, life happens. We go through ups. We go through downs. We can't control 90% of the stuff that happens to us. Um, And you should never blame yourself for what has happened, but you can and you must take responsibility for where you are now. It's okay. You're an adult. It doesn't mean that you have all wonderful feelings. We have good, we have bad feelings, but you can do something about it. You can get in the driver's seat as opposed to sit in the passenger seat and watch your life go by. You know, my favorite quote of all time is, if you're not the chess player of your life, you're a pawn in someone else's. And if you don't know where you're going, you will always end up where other people want you to take yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and the reality is, think about it. If I know I'm heading to Cape Town, I know that's my goal. That's where I want to go. If somebody comes along and says, hey, Hanan, can I have a lift to bloom? No, because I'm going to Cape Town. But if I don't know where I'm going and somebody says, hey, can I have a lift to bloom? Sure. So 20 years later, I was everywhere for everyone else, but not me. If you don't have a goal, you will naturally live at somebody else's goal. But listen, setting goals is very, very, very difficult because it requires grief. The moment I commit to Cape Town, I have no choice, but I have to let go of Joburg. Right. And who wants to let go of Joburg? Yeah. And the worst possible case scenario is want to go to Cape Town, but wish you were in Joburg. That's what people are. I want to be married, but I want to be single too. Yeah. I want to work for this job, but I want to be an entrepreneur. Right. I want to do this, but I also want to do that. That is when you're going to spin on that roller coaster, and that's that's when you're going to feel anxious, dep- depressed, helpless. It's going to break you down.
0: Look, I mean, I I think we've got to do this some more because I think we're only just scratching the surface here of all the things that we need to, to talk about. But I think um, what Hanan has brought up here is just that it, it's an inkling of what we're going to get into. And I would like to have you come back again because we're getting so many comments from people, Hanan, who are saying we need you back. Um, what you're saying is such interesting stuff and I think probably is extremely useful and impacts very negatively on many people's lives. They They need the tools, and perhaps you can provide us with a little insight into those tools every every now and then when you've got some time. I know you're fully booked up and you're a really busy man, but it's great to have you on the show this morning. Thank you.
1: Thanks for inviting It's great.
0: What a pleasure. There he is, uh, Dr. Hanan Bushkin. He has got, uh, wow. I mean, the guy's done amazing things. He's worked for more than 18 years on the problem of behavioral patterns and its effect on mood and cognition, as well as Uh, In frontline crisis intervention, organizational training, Uh, he's been featured and quoted in numerous media outlets and forums, and he's here for us this morning. So that's very good, and I know that there are many of us who would like to hear more
1: from him, so we'll see if we can get him back on. That's Dr. Hanan Bushkin.